Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at ApostlesHouston.org. Well, good morning. If I've not met you, my name is David Cumby. I'm the lead pastor here at Church of the Apostles. And uh, if today's your first day, um, today is actually my last day. Uh, And so I want to welcome you and just thank you for being here. Um, And I also want to encourage you that if you are considering, if you are looking for a church home, uh, it would be hard to do better than this one. Um, it is with a lot of uh, sadness that we are leaving, <clears throat> and it's because the Lord has called us into a new work, uh, but we are so grateful for this church community, and so encourage you, make this your church home. It will be a good one. Um, it's interesting, in my office, I was going through some papers, and I came across a letter from our bishop, and it was the letter... Um, of my official installation, which I'd actually forgotten took place on Saturday, November 4th, uh, back in 2017. (laughs) And so uh, the Lord's timing is perfect, and today um, will be my last day as your pastor and your rector. Uh, I will be released and begin a new season of service in the kingdom at Holy Cross Sullivan's Island. And so... uh, That's this weekend. Next weekend is a celebration of the 10-year anniversary of the birth of this congregation, of this community. And so Terrell Glenn, the first pastor that was called, will be back to help celebrate that anniversary. And as I thought about these two weekends, I think they represent um, something really beautiful and powerful uh, in terms of a turning point in the life of Church of the Apostles. It's an opportunity both to remember and to give thanks for how incredibly faithful God has been to apostles, and an opportunity to look forward to what God has for the future and to press in to that future and to trust that the Lord's will is good and pleasing and perfect. And so while this is the end of my ministry among you, this is... I'm convinced, the beginning a new and exciting season of ministry for Church of the Apostles. So I wanted to, to end my time in the pulpit at Apostles by turning together to God's word, to those words we just read from John chapter 10. I want to invite you to grab your Bible uh, or one out of the seat backs near you. Open it up to John chapter 10. And I just want to look together at these words of Jesus and encourage Encourage apostles in this next season of life and ministry with four truths from God's word, starting with verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so the first truth is this, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. What makes Jesus a good shepherd? It's his willingness 
to die for his sheep. He loves his sheep so much, he would give his very life for us. The way of Jesus is the low, sacrificial, downward way to the cross. Jesus' substitutionary death for sinners is what sets him apart from all other shepherds. Jesus took our sin and death upon himself willingly, and he rose from the dead so that we might have eternal life with God. We are saved and set free by grace through faith in him. And so the cross and the resurrection are divine acts of love for us, his church, the sheep of his pasture. Apostles, Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. He gave his life so that you might lie down in green pastures, walk beside still waters, and have your souls restored. So first, Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Look at verse 12. It says this, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Second truth, beware of hired hands. Beware of hired hands. God has appointed under shepherds, pastors, to care for his flock. And these shepherds are called to lead and live in the way of the good shepherd. But Jesus warns his church to watch out for false teachers and pastors who would live and lead in another way. Hired hands are self-exalting and self-centered rather than Christ-exalting and Christ-centered. The mark of a good shepherd is not charisma, but character, Christ-like character, humility, holiness, courage, and compassion. Good shepherds draw people not to themselves, but to Jesus True shepherds always point to the great shepherd. Verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Third truth. The good shepherd's heart is for the whole world. Jesus loves lost sheep. He gave his life for the world, and he is calling the whole world to himself. Through his spirit-filled church and by his divinely revealed word, the voice of the shepherd is proclaiming the gospel to us and to those who have not yet come home. There is a great harvest of sheep, and Jesus' desire is that all sheep would come to his one holy Catholic and apostolic church, that there would be one flock And one shepherd. Verse 17. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, 
but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Fourth and final truth is that the good shepherd is the true king. Jesus has been given all authority by his heavenly Father, the authority to lay down his life for the sheep and the authority to take it up. Jesus not only died and rose again, but he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he now reigns over the world and within his church. And God the Father loves Jesus for this reason. He loves Jesus for this reason, that he would lay down his life and take it up again. Our Heavenly Father is so interested in us. He so loves us that what pleases him most is that his own son would die, rise, and reign for our sake. Church, we are precious to the Lord God, and he has given everything for you and for me, even his own son. And so that no matter what, we can trust him with our lives, with our future, and with his church. So these four truths are my prayer for apostles, that I would leave you with these truths, that you would continue to know the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who loves you and laid down his life for you, that you would beware of hired hands and attuned to his voice, filled with his Holy Spirit and devoted to his holy word that you would have his heart for the lost sheep of the world and that you would trust in the good shepherd as your great and loving king who reigns over all. This is my prayer for you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I will miss you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, You are so good to us. And you have given us everything in your son Jesus, who is our good shepherd. And so, Lord, I pray that apostles would know you as their true and good shepherd, that you would protect this congregation from hired hands, Lord, from those who would draw attention away from Jesus. Lord, fill this church with your Holy Spirit and give them an undying devotion to your word. Break their heart for the lost and help them, Lord, even in this season of transition to trust in you, their great and loving King. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In just a few moments, I'm going to invite uh, our lay leaders, Scott and Mike, to come up to the front and join me, Uh, and they're going to share um, some remarks, and then we're going to have a special liturgy. Um, uh, As I mentioned, there was a season, or I'm sorry, a service of installation, and in that service of installation, the Lord knit us together uh, in a powerful and beautiful way, and so there's a liturgy 
that will allow us to say goodbye to each other and for you all to send us and for us to bless you as we go. And so we'll participate in that brief liturgy and prayers together in just a few minutes. Before we do, I did want to just take a few moments and just share a few farewell remarks, um, you could call them. Uh, Francis Schaeffer once said that the word pastor is not a title of power, but a designation of servanthood. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 said that it is neither he who plants nor he who waters that is anything, but only God who gives the growth. My joy in knowing and serving you all preaching and teaching God's word to you, caring and counseling for you, walking through life with you has been a great has been a great honor. a great honor because I am so unworthy. I am unworthy of that honor. You all have been a great gift to me and to my family, a place of love, and restoration and healing. And the Lord God has used you to help me grow as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, and as a friend. I've grown um, in wisdom, I would hope. (laughs) Definitely grown in a little weight. Uh, But I am so grateful for your grace. Grace upon grace to me, a poor sinner. And so I just want to say a couple of things. First, as I go, I want to ask for your forgiveness. Forgiveness um, for any injury that my sin or my flaws or my failures may have caused any one of you. I have done my best to honor and glorify the Lord and to own my part in any sin and offense, and to be reconciled. But if we are not reconciled, and I am not aware, I hope you will reach out to me. My desire is for the peace of Christ between us, and to leave no foothold of hurt or resentment for the enemy. Second, I want to thank you for six amazing years of ministry. They have been full of joy and heartbreak, hurricanes, pandemics, births and baptisms, battles with disease. There have been moments of great loss and great grief. I think particularly of Charlie and Diana. We have walked through a lot together. I want to thank all the members of our leadership council, past and present, to our staff team, 
to all of you who have served so faithfully and so tirelessly on so many teams, seen and unseen, sacrificial acts of love for one another and for Christ. You have helped make this community one of welcome and a place of peace and respite, a place where the gospel is not only proclaimed, but where it is lived. Thank you for the way you've generously cared for my family and loved our kids so well, for the prayers, for the meals, for notes, words of encouragement all along the way. Thank you for your love for Jesus, your love for his word and for his church. Thank you for trusting the Lord with your lives and your relationships and living together on mission. I especially want to thank Langley. Being married to a pastor is a unique calling. And she bears it with grace and great patience towards me. I would not be the husband, father, or pastor I am today were it not for her love for Jesus and her courageous commitment to our marriage and our children. Above all, I praise God for his son, Jesus Christ, for the life we have in his name, for his bride, the church, and for the gift of serving for his name's sake and for his glory. So, apostles, this is not goodbye. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the gift of never having to say goodbye. We share in an eternal destiny. And so I want to close with the words that Linda read just a few moments ago from the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1. I couldn't think of a better way to say how I feel about you all. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense of confirmation of the gospel. Not so much the imprisonment part, but I, can, I didn't want to skip any of God's holy word. <clears throat> for God is my witness, how I yearn for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ, and is my prayer that your love, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless on the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite Scott and Mike if they'll come up to the front. I'm going to ask uh, Langley and the kids if they'll come join me at the front.
Well, today is a, is a sad day in my heart. Y'all will be deeply, deeply missed. Thank you for all that you've done for our church and for our community. It's been an honor to serve you as your senior warden. Uh, the relationship that we've had over the past several years in that role uh, has grown me and my faith in ways that I cannot, could not have imagined. It's been an honor to pray for each of y'all and to encourage each of y'all uh, and to serve and love each of y'all. Y'all will be deeply, deeply missed in our community. It's been six years of a wonderful journey together that started with a hurricane, <laughs> through pandemics, through loss, through joys and triumphs. And we thank you for shepherding us through all of those events. We thank you for loving us, how you have loved us, uh, each and every member of our congregation. Uh, and to Langley and the kids, thank y'all. Thank y'all for supporting uh, your dad and your husband and his role as our senior pastor. Y'all have done a wonderful job and exemplified to me what it means to be a pastor and his family. And so we also thank you, David, uh, for how you have uh, shepherd us, shepherded us over these past six years, uh, and for how you have loved us uh, so, so well. Uh, finally, we'd like to ask as well for your forgiveness uh, for the sin that has been seen and unseen that we have committed against you. We seek forgiveness and reconciliation as our congregation from that, and our prayer is that the Lord would provide healing uh, over that. And so as you go, we wish you the best. We're excited for the ministry that you're going into. It's a new place and a new season for your family. And as you mentioned, it's a new season for us here at Apostles. Uh, and so you'll be greatly missed, uh, but you will also be prayed over and loved and supported as you go. Thank you. So thank you. It's a tough act to follow. Okay, Ryan said I had 20 minutes, so bear okay, with me. Um, they asked us to say a little funny story or a fond memory of David, and, you know, and we look back at six years, it's uh, been a lot. We've been through a lot of meetings and activities and calls and luncheons and stuff like that. Are you worried right now? Okay. I was worried when you got the microphone. I got it, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, when the minute they asked if we would say something, just one thing came to my mind, and uh, just bear with me for a few minutes, but 2018 was probably one of the worst years of my life, and um, it was shortly after David and Langley and the family got here, and it started out with Lynette losing an uncle, and then ended with Lynette losing an uncle, and during that time, we found out my brother had stage four cancer, and wasn't very out looking on that, and then work was crazy, and it was driving me nuts, and infecting us, and I ended up in the hospital with blood clots, and one thing I didn't know that my brother passed away on our anniversary, so um, it was a tough year. And uh, about this time, the worst part of it was that my daughter, Lena, um, two months pregnant, a little over, ripped her ambiotic sac and was bedridden for 12 weeks uh, with the fear that we were gonna lose the baby. And uh, it was that time that I was beyond all remorse and just looking for someone to talk to, so. The Lord 
prompt me to call David. And we really didn't know each other that well at the time. He had only been here a few months. But we talked and we prayed. And then he sent out Bonnie Likeover in the <laughs> hospitality team. And they were wonderful. And Betty McIntyre and Henley Old and the rest of the women that came up and spent time with Lena and comforted her and helped us. But most importantly, throughout that time, there wasn't a day that went by that David wasn't saying, how's Lena, how's the baby, how are y'all doing? And uh, he came up to the hospital. Well, at the time, Lena's bedridden for 12 weeks and baby's born and has to go in an ICU for another 13 weeks. And we didn't realize they had gone through the same thing. And it was so touching for us and for our family to have someone that was not only part of our church, but had lived it and gone through it. So thankfully, you see how this turned out. And thankfully for us, we had great responses, our grandson as well. But during that time, just you and the way you ministered to us touched me so much. And it wasn't that he was just our priest and here and knew and everything else. It was that time that he became our pastor. And I can share the story with us. I can share the stories of the Hermes and the Clarks and Jack and Derek and Helen and everybody else has told me about the times that David's reached out and has always been there for us. And that's the sign of a pastor to me. So even though he's been with us for six years and leading us and everything else, that touched me more than you'll ever realize. So with that, our loss is South Carolina's gain. Uh, we love you all. We'll miss you all. We know this is God's calling for you. As far as for us, God's calling us in a new direction. And with the leadership that we have, I'm feeling pretty good about what we're looking forward to. But um, I can't thank you enough, David Langley, kids, for everything you've done for us. You know, we love you. Thank Just you. wish you the best. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, please be seated. Um, I mentioned uh, there's actually a, a liturgy in our tradition uh, for saying goodbye to a pastor. Um, and so it's, it's uh, just a short prayer. And so I want to read this. And then at the end, there's an opportunity for the congregation uh, to respond to the question of um, really, ultimately, of releasing us um, uh, from this place and sending us out. And so um, when we get to that part, there'll be a question, and you can respond with, we do. Now, I already told Langley, there's going to be some smart aleck in the room who says, no, we don't. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, we feel that way, too. Um, so on the day of Saturday, November 4th, I was installed by Bishop Clark Lowenfeld as Rector of Church of the Apostles, Houston, Texas. 
I have with God's help and to the best of my abilities exercise this trust, accepting its privileges and responsibilities. After prayer, godly counsel, and careful consideration, it now seems to Langley and me that my time of service in Christ's church at Apostles has come to a close. Therefore, as of today, I officially end my tenure as rector of Church of the Apostles. And so I ask, do you, the people of Apostles, recognize and accept the conclusion of this pastoral relationship? Amen. Lead us in prayer. Before we we start uh, the prayer here, we do have a gift that we'd like to present uh, to you, uh, to your family, as a a way of remembering us and our congregation here. Uh, So uh, what we have here, if you want to... Yeah, 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 it's two guys, you know, wrapped in a box. (laughs) Uh, So it is a watercolor of our church um, as a way uh, to remember uh, your time here at Apostles. So we hope that every time you see this, uh, you remember us as a congregation uh, and the work that the Lord did with you and in your family here. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, As well, we'd also like to make today's offering... Uh, is a gift uh, to y'all as you go. Uh, So today's offering will be given to the Cumbies uh, and sending them into their new season of ministry. Uh, So thank thank y'all. Thank Thank y'all. Thank you very much. Go ahead. All right. So I will uh, kick us off here in leading us. Uh, Let us pray. Oh God, you have bound us together for time as pastor and people to work for the advancement of your kingdom in this place. We give you humble thanks for the ministry which we have shared in these years now past. Lord, hear our prayer. And guide us in your grace. We thank you for your many blessings and provision for apostles, as well as your patience with us, for your forgiveness and mercy in the face of our frailty and sin. Lord, hear our prayer. And guide us in your grace. Grace. Especially we thank you for your son Jesus, your empowering Holy Spirit, and your never-failing presence with us through these years. Thank you for the deeper knowledge of you and of each other which we have attained. Lord, hear our prayer. And guide us in your grace. We thank you for those who have been joined to this part of Christ's family. We thank you for the opening of our hearts and our minds again and again to your word and for the feeding us abundantly with the sacrament of the body and blood of your son. Lord, hear our prayer. And guide us in your grace. Now we pray, be with those who leave and with us who stay and grant that all of us, by drawing ever nearer to you, may always be close to each other in the communion of your saints. All this we ask for the sake of, your, of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at apostleshouston.org.